Welcome to the Sermon of the Week at New Hope Community Church. We hope that you're blessed and encounter God's presence as you listen to this message. But good morning, I'm Ralph. I don't know you, I want to get to know you. It's just wonderful seeing so many new faces and friends. I'm part of a great team here at New Hope. It's just good to be here. It's good to be alive. How many of you know, I love, like this, I haven't done these funny church bulletin bloopers in a while. These always make me laugh. They kind of get me going. And you know, these are actual bloopers because I did, you know, it said it on the internet. So you know, if I read it on the internet, you know it's true. These were on the internet, the World Wide Web, for those of you who know. <laughs> Funny church bulletin bloopers. The Bean Supper. A Bean Supper will be held Saturday evening in the church, church basement. Music will follow. <laughs> potluck Supper Thursday night. We're having a big potluck supper and prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> Rummage sale, I love this one. Rummage sale. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale that's coming up this weekend. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget your husbands. <laughs> Deb liked that one. Join the choir. Next Thursday, we will be having tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. They need all the help they can get. This was a little campaign at the church. It said, the associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign, campaign slogan last month. I up my pledge, up yours. <laughs> I up my pledge, up yours. That was a good one, right? Oh, I love that. You know, it's always an honor and a privilege, really. Um, every time I get to share whatever venue I get to share it in, it's always an honor because I want you to know it's my personal desire and my personal goal is to build up the body of Christ. To see the body of Christ come into fullness and maturity and understanding the heart of the Father. So what an honor it is to be able to come and share and strengthen you and encourage you. That's my goals. To strengthen you, to encourage you, to equip you to reign in life. Jesus came for that we could experience and enjoy an abundant life. uh, Romans 5.17 says we get to reign in life. So part of this message today is to equip you to reign in life, to experience the fullness of abundant life that Jesus laid his his life down for us so that we could experience such abundance on this earth right now. So let's pray, okay? Let's pray as we get ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you have already been so here, so moving, so revealing already this morning through everything that's taken place. So Holy Spirit, we we dedicate this time and we open up our hearts to receive from you. So Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts, we posture ourselves right now to receive from you. And I believe the Holy Spirit said to me this morning, he has something for each and every one of you. The Holy Spirit has something for each and every one of us. So Holy Spirit, continue to reveal, continue to take us deeper into your heart, into your love, 
to the purposes that you have for each one of us, individually and corporately, we say, yes, Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Amen? Amen. You know that, uh, that little expression, was a cute little book, so like, you know, the, ten, you know, the things you learn in kindergarten? You know, which has like, some cute book, the, the things I learned in kindergarten. I wouldn't say these are some of the things I learned in kindergarten, but these are some of the things I've learned in life. I'm going to share a few things I've learned in life. Just a few of them. Most of the time, these are true. So please don't call me later with the exception. <laughs> People are funny. Ralph, that's not true all the time. Let's get that right out there. It's not true all the time. But things I've learned in life. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. That $1,500 car, hate to break your heart, it's a $1,500 car. It's not a $30,000 car. You get what you pay for, right? You get what you pay for. Quality, craftsmanship, Things that have value, usually made with a little bit more quality. Again, nothing against any big, giant, mega department store that covers the planet. You know what that is, right? (laughs) Nothing against shopping at Walmart. But they battle and they battle. So when you're buying it for 98 cents, don't expect it to last too long. You get what you pay for, right? Come on, I, I learned that. How about if it sounds too good to be true, It probably is. Now, we're not talking about salvation because the reality of Jesus, he's better than you think he is. I'm talking about that $400 a week cottage by the the ocean with all the areas going for two grand a week. Two grand a week is the competitive normal price at that house by the ocean. And you found a deal. It's just too good to be true. It was only 400. Be careful. I'm just telling you right now, if, it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. But now, this was fun this week. I, I still love garage sales, even though I should not buy one other item ever in the planet, because we got 10 garage sales worth of stuff, but who doesn't still love going to garage sales? Because you're going to find that one little thing that somehow you need for your house, <laughs> that whatever you need. So now I tell Wanda, I said, Wanda, now I like stopping for other people. Other people might need what I buy. <laughs> I pass this one garage sale. I get a little thing. Oh, don't do it. Wanda doesn't need more knickknacks or anything. But I turn, I literally do the stop in the driveway, backtrack, pull up. I saw a few bikes. I pull up. If anyone knows these cool bike racks, I forget the name of the bike rack, but I can just tell you this. Wanda and I spent $175 for our bike rack at the bike zone. And it's the nicer one. It's a really nice one. And I stopped, and I saw a, a thing. Now, I have a daughter. Her and her boyfriend are getting into bike riding. It was in mint condition. Guess how much I spent? I spent $10. $10, took the picture, sent it to her. REI sells them for $155. Sometimes it's, you know, it's the exception of the rule. I got a $10 item. It was worth $150 all day, okay? But usually, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I'm going to build on this one today because I think this is an important one for us as believers in Christ. Pause for drink. This is, I got to pause for the drink on this one. 
There are no shortcuts in life. There are no shortcuts. No shortcuts. We're going to dig into this a little bit. There's no shortcuts to growing, developing, and maturing as a person. As a believer, there's no shortcuts. Steve shared a funny story several months ago about when he graduated from college. He graduated from college with his business degree, and he was ready to conquer the world, be CEO. He was going to run several companies. And then he said, I really, that's what I thought, but I wasn't even ready. I wasn't prepared. It took a process of time for him to be prepared. It took years of development and growing. There's no shortcuts. So all throughout throughout my notes this morning, I have NSC. You know how we like little things? NSC, what does NSC stand for? No shortcuts. So every now and then I'm going to ask you a question, you yell out, no shortcuts. Because today I want to build on no shortcuts. The guys are going to help me out because I think using illustrations or pictures or images, they'll, they'll stay with you. They'll stay with you, you'll remember the picture. So let's put the first image up there if you don't mind. What is that? It's an acorn. That is a seed of a mighty oak tree. Its potential, the fullness of its potential is wrapped in that little hand. Everything is there. The fullness of its identity is there. Go to the next clip. It was planted, and now it's growing. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing. Do you know how long, it takes an, how long it takes an oak tree on planet Earth to what they would say comes into maturity? Do you know how long it takes? 80 to 120 years. So go back to the seed. If it's not hard to go back, or maybe we'll just stay forward. We'll stay forward. Okay, no, that's all right. So in that seed is the full potential of that oak tree, Well, what it will become but it'll take 80 to 120 years for it to fulfill its purpose of maturity. So go to the next picture, it's growing. How many of you know as you grow, it was growing, and now it's fully developed, it's a mighty oak tree. The mighty oak tree took time, no shortcuts. Its roots had to go deep, it had to endure wind and rain and fire, The seed was there. The oak tree requires so much time before it can be a towering. We were, I was just at a park. How many of you love going to like Highland Park, Durand Eastman Park? You know, there are trees there that my grandfather sat under and my father. And I'll be dead and gone. That tree will still be there. Full maturity. It's incredible. So I just want to have that image. We're going to do the next image. This is the foundation of the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building was built in 1930. At the time, it was the tallest building in the world. It stands 1,454 foot high. We know this because you have to go deep in order to go high. In order to go go high, you got to go deep. 
So the foundation for the Empire State Building is 55 feet deep. 55 feet deep, it hits bedrock. If it had not hit bedrock, they'd have to go deeper. Because some skyscrapers, you have to go 150 feet deep. Depending on sand, location, bedrock, types of winds it's going to face, adverse conditions it's going to face. You've got to go deep. We've been on this journey together as a local church of God is taking us from glory to glory. He's taking us from glory to glory. For us to go on a trajectory of glory to glory, we got to go deep and deep and deep. There are no shortcuts to going high. You need a strong, solid foundation. Go to the next slide. And what are you building? You're building upon a solid foundation, so critical, so vital. So don't ignore your foundations in order to build and sustain and build. We as a local church are even, we're building something great. It takes time. There's no shortcuts to building something great. There's no shortcuts. And the next one, obviously, is the finished product. How many of you have been to the top of the Empire State Building? It's fantastic, isn't it? Juan and I have done it a few times. What was that great movie with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? What was that movie? Sleepless in Seattle, right? Upper deck, looking out over it. It's great. If you're gone during the day, you've got to go at night. So here stands a building from 1930. It's still there. It had strong foundation. It had to be go deep. The next picture is one of my, the most important things you'll ever learn right here. Right there, baby. So right there, potty training, potty training. If you haven't done potty training yet, I can just tell you right now, it's not an overnight experience. It is not an overnight experience. They say the process typically takes three to six months to potty train. Let me hear you say process. Process, again. When you're training a little one and you find him sitting in the toilet, he's not getting it. (laughs) He's got to be trained. He's going to be discipled and taught. There's a famous scripture in the Bible, train up a child in the way he'll go. And when he was older, he won't depart from it. You know that word train, study it out. It means to do it again and again teach again and again and again to the point of exhaustion to the point of utter weariness and fatigue (laughs) to be exhausted so tired training again and again and again the the art of potty training process three to six months and then they get it remember when you were a parent and they got it it was like celebration and the greatest thing about Juan and I, for those of you who know, Juan and I have raised five children. They're all adults now. They're beautiful people. But when the last one was done with potty training, we went out and spent a lot of money on a fancy dinner because no more diapers. <laughs> no more diapers. The process, three to six months, consistent training, training them up. You know how there's always a part of the message where it could be a tiny little ouch. A little tiny ouch is coming. But don't forget, I already said my goal was to build you up and to encourage you and to love you. 
We, all th- we are part of the body of Christ where there is a strong emphasis on your identity as a believer, and it must be so. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know that you are truly loved by the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You are completely accepted. You are completely righteous. You're born again. You are a new creation. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have access to the Father. The ease of relationship, perfect union with God, these are all themes that we've been marinating in, soaking in, saturating ourselves in. But I got good news for you. It does not mean that you are mature. Because all these things are true in your life does not mean that you are mature. There is a difference between the fullness of that acorn seed and the 80 to 100 years to come into development and maturity. Paul says it like this, I wish you would grow up a little bit because you're still drinking milky milks. You're still nursing. You're still infants. When I would hope that you'd have developed and matured by now to have solid food, to grow up into maturity. Ephesians 4, God gave the gifts to the body of Christ so that the church would do nine things, but one of them was come into fullness of maturity. So just know this with all your heart. God is in the business of developing saints to maturity. Not infants forever on little milky milks, but strong, solid food, mature believers who have a lifestyle to the... I said to Wanda, she was helping me go over this, I said, to our very last breath, we will be growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are committed to growing. We are committed to yielding to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We don't reject the picture that he's still the potter and I'm still the clay. In the new covenant, he still is the potter and we still are the clay. We are being conformed into his image. We are in a process, and we are growing from glory to glory to deep to deep to maturing. Steve said something. Did you catch what he said this morning? Everything fed into the message. You don't want to leave today the same person, but next Sunday you don't want to leave the same. We're on a journey of growing. God loves things to grow and develop and mature. We're a process. We're being conformed to the image of his son. Potty training. The saints of God. God is so faithful. I don't know the age. There's no age barrier because here's here's what's interesting. Some have come to me who have known the Lord for 40 years. And they say, I've known the Lord for 40 years. And I'll say, it doesn't mean that you're mature. Oh. It doesn't mean you're mature because you hung around for 40 years. This is an ouch, so do do an ouch. Because God is working in your life, and guess what? We partner with God, and we have a choice in this thing. You can yield or not yield. Your heart can become hard. You can stunt your own growth. You can become stagnant. All these things are real. They're real. We have to have, this is going to be the theme of the rest of the message, 
I need to come before the Lord daily. Amen. Daily. And say, Father God, I have a heart that's fully devoted and committed to you. And I want to grow with you. Yes. Steve talked about being saturated, keeping yourself saturated in the natural, in the natural. There's like 10 things that people go to the doctor for. I didn't want to exhaust the list, but I can tell you at least 10 that I read that the, the solution to their illness or problem was you're not drinking enough water. Give me $200, thank you very much, Dr. Jones. <laughs> They're not hydrated. It's a cause of many problems, physically. If you're not hydrated in the spirit, there's many problems you're gonna have because you're not saturated, you're not staying hydrated. You're not staying hydrated. There's no shortcuts. No one's gonna come and spoon feed you tomorrow. Pastor Ralph is not gonna give you the little nookie bottle and a little diaper, and a little binky. I'm just, we're not gonna do it, right? We're gonna help you pick up the solid food to maturity, to growth, to developing. It's so important, there are no shortcuts. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for five years that you can be operating at a strong level of maturity. That's the other side of the coin. You don't have to be old to be mature, and you don't have to be young to be immature. It's so important. Because what you have to have is a heart that is saying to the Lord continuously, daily, multiple times, Lord, my heart is good, and I'm devoted right. to you. I'm committed That's to right. you. We're thriving in his love. I just felt so strong this morning as I was preparing that to see any plant or any living thing get stunted in its growth is a horrific thing because the potential never was fully developed. So Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit over your body, whether you're 19 or you're 79, it doesn't matter. I wanna kickstart you in the spirit this morning because if disappointment or heartache, or disillusionment has come somehow, opened a door for you to say, I'm, my, heart is, my heart is sick. I'm asking Holy Spirit of the living God to come now and breathe on you. Breathe on you now. For a fresh start, push you forward. The Holy Spirit does not want you to stay the same. The Holy Spirit of the living God wants to move you into his fullness of maturity. So any area that you're stunted in your growth, the Lord is going to help you recognize it. It's going to be part of the equipping that happens today. Amen. Potty training. The next picture, we're going to land on this picture because it's such a great picture. And right there, you see a little bench, but the garden, how's that garden look? Does it look a little neglected? The garden is neglected. There's not much life going on in that garden. Go to the next page. This is the contrast. I want you to see the contrast. And this is a garden full of life, right? It's full of life, flowers, trees, plants. Whatever flower garden, vegetable garden, whatever image you have in your head, I want you to see the distinct contrast between a neglected garden and a thriving garden, okay? 
Now, this is just fun stuff because I'm going to rattle off a bunch of stuff here. But in the natural, this is true. And the Lord was showing me so, I told Steve when he asked me to speak, I said, Steve, for three weeks, all I've been hearing is there's no shortcuts, Ralph. Amen. There's no shortcuts. I want my kids to know that they're loved and they're sons and daughters and they're powerful, but they, I want them to grow through a process to mature. Here's, go back to the neglected page. Now, again, we, we, we're trying to find images. This is just a hot mess because there's really nothing there. But I, I had one image where it was so overgrown, you couldn't make out none of the plants. Here's just a few ways, but I'm telling you, let the Holy Spirit show you through this list of things, how do you restore a neglected garden? How do you, how, you know, you love me, how to restore a neglected garden? Be patient. Takes time. So many people come, not just to me, I, I do carry the pastoral grace, and I'm not beating up on anybody, I'm really not. But one of the first things when people come and they need help, you know what I say to them? I say to them, you didn't get here overnight, you're not going to get out of it overnight. Because I had, if I had a little stick that was a magic wand that could take all your problems away, I'd be a multi-billionaire. Because all I'd do is have clients, as many as I could. Boom, 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 bang, you're done. Bring them in, right? 200 a pop, maybe 100 a pop at that point. The point is, there are no shortcuts. If you find yourself in a situation now, don't look for a shortcut. Ask the Holy Spirit to really help you mature, to develop, how am I going to get out of this thing? With his help. But it's not going to be overnight. There's no magic wands. There really aren't. So here's how you restore a, ne a neglected garden. Be patient. It takes time. Make a list. What plants are in there? Create space. Leave the trees. Choose what plants to keep. Take it a step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Prune. Rejuvenate the lawn. Know your budget. Pick your theme. And add the finishing touches. I just rattled all that off just so that you could see that it's a process. There are no shortcuts to restoring a garden. So I want you to ask yourself an honest question right now. How is your garden? How are the gardens in your life? How are the relationships in your life? For me personally, the number one garden that I was personally responsible for was my wife and I. How are we doing? How's our garden? Is it growing? Is it beautiful? Is it being tended? Is it being well kept? Or is it a hot mess? I don't want a hot mess. Do you want a hot mess? Who wants a hot mess? Silence. Pin drop. No one wants a hot mess. We want to be thriving. And not just in our marriages, but in our relationships with one another. We're getting so many beautiful new people and new hopes becoming. We're making new friends and new relationships. There are no shortcuts to friendship. There are no shortcuts to friendship. You've got to put the time in. You have to put the time in. Do you realize that's a principle where you, if you don't put the time in, you probably won't reap something? How many of you love driving around western New York this time of year? You notice all the farmers have already prepared the soil? They've already prepared the soil. They've already planted the seed. How many of you love driving like the Calmum or anywhere out toward Victor, and you see that hill, and you see all the green little sprouts just coming up? It's absolutely majestic, right? It did not happen overnight. There were no shortcuts. The farmer had to go through a process. Corn, when corn is planted... Five stages it has to go through before it matures. Five stages. 
There's no shortcuts. It will not be able to be harvested or bear a good crop if it doesn't go through them five stages. All around us, we see God moving and operating. The cocoons. The, how many of you have a bird that built a nest right by your house? And you watch the mother and father, and they build, and you see the little eggs in there. And you see them go through the process. There were no shortcuts. They had to build the house. They had to make the nest. She had to nurture the egg. And finally, life is born. So there's no shortcuts. Everybody say, there's no shortcuts. This message could be misunderstood because the tension here is, oh, I'm a love son. I'm a love son. I love the Holy Spirit. God is in me. He's alive. And then he'll say, grow up and mature. That's part of the deal. Just because you're a love son. I'm a love son, and I'm still maturing. I'm still growing. The work of the Holy Spirit is not done or complete in my life. It's not done yet. It's not done in your life. Every day we have to yield. Words like surrender and yielding and allowing Holy Spirit to continue to work in my life, this is part of our vocabulary. We have not arrived. You are not finished. You are not done. It's so important. Restoring a garden takes work. How many of you know, once you've accomplished that job, whether it was your backyard, go to the flourishing one now. Because this is interesting. When you get the, fir- when you get the finished product, do you know it's, 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 it needs to be maintained? Yes. It needs to be maintained. It could take you, literally, like in this picture, obviously, it would take multiple years to get it from where it was to where it needed to be. And then you need to maintain your garden. Once the hard work is done, the Holy Spirit's working, then he wants you to have a very healthy, vibrant, sustainable maintenance program. I love this. This was just so prophetic, even though it was so simple. Once the hard work is done, of course you want to avoid the garden from falling into the same state it was before you started. You don't want to do all that work and then neglect it again. In simplest terms, you have to keep on top of things. Holy Spirit, what area are you putting your finger on? Because God wants you to keep on top of things. Keep on top of things. He doesn't want things slipping away. When you get it to that state, you know it wouldn't take long. All of a sudden, there's overgrown. You know, plants overgrow each other. They rot. They rot. They, th- things, you gotta, you got you to work at this thing a little bit. you got to keep on top of things. Otherwise, it'll get messy. Plants become overcrowded, rotted. So make sure you mow the lawn regularly. Trim the edges. So keep up on mowing the lawn. Trim the edges. Prune your plants and trees because that's necessary to maintain your garden. So apply that to whatever thing God wants to put in your, on your heart. I love this one. Weeds. Weeds are unfortunately unavoidable. So this image you have of anybody on the planet, Bill Johnson at Bethel, whoever. Bill Johnson's got weeds in his garden. He does something. Steve Hogan's got weeds in his garden. Past Ralph Van Auken, I got weeds in my garden. 
So if you're not going to come back next week because somehow you thought my garden was pristine with no weeds, give me a hug later and say, Rivedici. <laughs> because I got weeds in my garden. Guess what? You got weeds in your garden. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. With the power of the Holy Spirit, make time each week to get rid of them. You can get rid of the weeds. It's part of the maintenance program. Holy Spirit. You realize that if we didn't have to rely on the Holy Spirit, it would be kind of like a marriage where you said, Honey, we got married almost 40 years ago. I love you, babe. I never had to nurture that thing. Never had to take care of the garden. Never had to tolerate I already told you 40 years ago. I love you. No, how about you? This takes like caring for the soil consistently, watering, nurturing. The picture of the garden, how's your garden? How's it? Is it growing? The Lord wants us all to be on a path of growing, maturing, and developing. And there are no shortcuts. One more time, no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. So we get to encourage one another. We get to build up one another. We get to make opportunities for each other to grow and to develop. And going back to the funniest part of the whole thing was the potty training picture. Because a lot of our life is in the Lord. You know, it took me years. I was sharing this. I have a class that I do. I was sharing this with the class because it was it so impacted. You know, the older you get, you do a little more reflecting. But the Lord reminded me, like it took me years to run to him instead of running away from him. It took me years. Because I don't know how we're wired, how we're made, but man, if you're screwing up or you're not living up to your potential, you're struggling and whatever you're struggling with, the tendency, my story, would be to run away from him. And he was like, man, you gotta run to me. Like, you gotta dive, nosedive into my lap. When you're a hot mess, you can nosedive into his lap. Amen. You literally took, so now I'm telling you, whenever, whatever's going on, I've learned to run to him. I can run to him. You know, I didn't hear the music, right? Oh, run to him. Oh, right? you know, that song, Run to Him. You can run to him. You can dive into his lap. He can hold you, and you're secure. You can say, Papa, I need you. I am totally depending on you. Work in my life. Saturate me with your presence. Watching and guarding over our hearts that we would have a heart that is fully devoted to him. There's no shortcuts. I want to just have, uh, Howard, if you would be so kind just to play some music. I believe that part of our journey of intimacy with God, so the journey of intimacy with God is all wrapped up in this heartbeat of his that he would have your heart. I have written down here almost word for word what Joy sang today about how important it is to have your heart be in the right place. The working of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, hydrating ourselves, strengthening ourselves in the Lord. 
taking this summer even to stay hydrated and alive in the things of God. In our perfect union with the Father, in our perfect relationship, restored relationship with the Godhead, we still yield to him. He's the potter and we're the clay. There's a relationship here. That's why it's so important to understand it's a relationship. And it's a yielding and talking and walking with the Lord. I just want to get a few things because I think this is important for us to see this in Scripture also. We see the amazing, we see amazing true stories in the Bible. I thought this was profound today because I had been meditating on it for weeks. But we see true amazing stories in the Bible of how God uses men and women all throughout Scripture to fulfill his purposes. And I see that Father God was never in a hurry. It's almost mind-boggling. God the Father was never in a hurry for the preparation of that vessel for the call of God on their life. He gave them an assignment. He gave them a call. He wanted them to ultimately complete the task, and he was never in a rush to prepare them for what was ahead for them. So just a few simple examples. Joseph, from the time he had the dream to he was second in command at the right hand of Pharaoh, he went through a process. And there were no shortcuts in the life of Joseph. No shortcuts. Who doesn't love Moses' story? You ever stop and think about Moses' story and just meditate on it a little bit? He was trained. He had prosperity. He was trained in Egypt. And at 40 years old, if you're 40, raise your hand. 40 years old. Okay, we know 40 years old. Eat close. Remember, he killed the Egyptian at 40. And he didn't have an encounter with the burning bush till 80. I killed the Egyptian at 40. I, I didn't have a God encounter at the burning bush till 80. 40 years to prepare the vessel for the calling it was about to accomplish? It's a long time, right? It's a long time. God didn't seem to bother God at all. 40 years of preparation for that vessel to accomplish what God had set out for it to accomplish. Jesus is always our most amazing, beautiful example. Yes, even Jesus, even Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, fully God, fully man, had to go through a growing, developing, and maturing process. He was a baby, he was a boy, and he became a man. What age did Jesus start his personal ministry? 30. He was 30. The church tries to take that. Now, nobody can be in full-time ministry until they're 30. It's not what I'm saying. But it took Jesus to be 30 years old to start his full-time ministry. I personally have a conviction that if he wasn't that mature, because it says in Scripture, in Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What if Jesus would have been premature in his own personal launch of ministry? What if that could have happened? But God the Father knew the time. He was ready. He had been prepared. You know, Matthew 26 is the prayer that Jesus was praying in the garden. 
There were no shortcuts for Jesus. Three times he prayed. It says he went a little farther. This is Jesus in the garden, preparing to lay down his life. He was meditating on the, he knew the crucifixion and the suffering that he would endure. And it says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Seeking the will of the father. Jesus, the son of God, petitioning God, Three times, take this cup from me. The suffering that he would endure. Matthew 26. And every time, he said, not my will, but yours be done. There were no shortcuts. In Matthew 26, verse 28, he says this, he declared the new covenant was going to be established. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Matthew 9, I'm sorry, Hebrews 9.22. And without shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, you know, there is no remission of sins. There were no shortcuts. Jesus doesn't lay down his life willingly to obey the Father, the shedding of his blood, so that we could, 2,000 plus years later, walk in total forgiveness of sin. There were no shortcuts. Hebrews 12, the ra- run the race of faith. This is such a powerful scripture. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There were no shortcuts for the abundant life and the provision that was made for us to live in the fullness of Christ. Even Jesus, when he was, when his identity was secure, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he had his identity nailed down, his ministry was starting. What did the Holy Spirit do? Let him into the wilderness for 40 days preparation for what was to come. There were no shortcuts. So as we close this morning, I think it's so good to respond to the Holy Spirit. And you can just sit and relax and respond. You can come up front if you want to respond. However you want to respond, but I, I, I know what I believe the response. I'm going to lead you into a response because I think it's really simple. We sung about it at the end, of the end of our worship experience today. Lord, take my heart and make it yours. Oh, Lord, take my heart and make it yours. It's all about the heart. It's all about your heart. Whether you're stuck or not stuck, whether you're growing, developing, and maturing, whether you're experiencing things, your maturing process, it's about your heart. If your heart's been hard and your heart's been cold and somehow it needs a little paddle, re-jump, a reboot, restart, just yield before the Holy Spirit. It doesn't take no effort. 
in that. All you have to do is say yes. Jesus, revitalize my heart. The word revival is revive, to make come alive. We're praying that Holy Spirit would revive your hearts. So right now, whatever posture you need to be in, whatever you need to receive from the Lord, whatever prayer you need to pray silently, however you want to do business with God, so to speak, is just say, Jesus, I'm giving you my heart. I want a heart all the days of my life that is fully committed to you. I want a heart that's fully alive to you. I want a heart that's being surrendered consistently to you. Holy Spirit, I'm yielding to your working in my life. I'm being conformed in the image of Jesus. I want my gardens to thrive. I want my relationships to thrive. I want my life to thrive in the goodness of God. Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us pull weeds that are stifling out life and taking up oxygen and space so that new growth could come. So just kind of relax and just allow Holy Spirit, we have a few minutes here, just to let Holy Spirit work in your heart right now. I pray and hope that this is not a strong word of correction. This is just a word of encouragement. To have your heart fully devoted to the Lord and understand that he's working in you. We used to sing this beautiful song. Remember, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul. I want to live for you. I want to be alive in you. I give you my heart. I'm fully aware of the process that you've been taking me through. Whatever season you find yourself in, whatever season you're facing, wherever you're going through, the Lord is there. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He wants that intimacy and relationship that you're walking with him and talking with him. And, he's, and you're guarding and watching over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Father, as a family, as a local church, we just yield to you now. And we say, Lord, thank you that you're working in our lives, individually, corporately, families. You're taking us deeper so we can go higher. You want us to live to the full potential of a call of God on our lives. And Lord, I bless this. I bless each and every member here. I bless the church family. I just ask your presence would fill them and guide them. And your goodness would just flood over and embrace us. As Steve spoke so beautiful last week, that we would truly hydrate ourselves. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Be about your business, having a heart that's alive in you. I just want to pray that blessing over you, that you would just be blessed this week as you walk with him. Just be strengthened in the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to find out more of what's happening here at New Hope, 
please contact newhopecom.org or download additional messages from our podcasts.